listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Fantastic to be with you today. My name is Mark, if we haven't met, and we're in the midst of a series called Rebuilding Hope. Last week, we ended on this challenging point that many of us find ourselves with faith, but not always hope. We believe in Jesus, our hearts are for him. But when we look at those moments when our faith was filled with joy, with this sense that God was going to move and do something, we look back to the past. Yes, there are seasons when we face suffering and trials, but Christians are invited into this this discipleship, which is a marrying of faith and hope. That we can rely on God. We can have this joyous delighting in God, regardless of the circumstances around us. We looked at the ways that at different times before the church goes out in the world with new power and new authority, that God will often refresh his people, giving them the hope alongside the faith they already have. And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the scriptures and ask the question of how do we actually do this in the world? And what I want to do today is I want to, from the scriptures, in a sense, give us a map to operate well in an environment. We need a map and scripture gives us that. So I want to go right back to the beginning. We're going to go right back to Genesis 1, verse 1, the first book of the Bible. Now, before I read it out, often what people are told is that our hope needs to be in heaven, that really a hope is on the other side of the grave. Now, there is truth in that, but I want to re-examine that, that a hope is in heaven from another perspective. The very first verse of the Bible is in the beginning, and that's what a lot of people recognize with that verse, in the beginning, this is the start, this is creation, God created the heavens and the earth. We see that, we read that, we go, okay, this is creation, in the beginning, God creates the earth. But there's a bit of meat in this sandwich that often we miss. In the beginning, God created earth, yes, but he also created something else. What did God create at the beginning? The heavens. Now, many of us, I think, think about God and we just presume that he's in the heavens and he's operating in his house and then the earth is created as a side project to actually what is happening. But what the very first verse setting out the store, the beginning of the scriptures tells us is that God created the earth and the heavens. So what on earth is the heavens then? Heaven is an environment in which God's will is manifest. It's the house in which he rules and reigns. So God at the beginning of the scriptures creates the heavens, which is the house in which he reigns, and he creates the earth, which is the house in which he will reign. Now, when we think about this, we have this very clear image at the beginning. If you look at the whole book of Genesis, or sorry, the beginning of Genesis in the creation accounts, there's all these different like twos that come along. There's humans and God, man and woman, light and darks, sky and sea, animals and human. There's all these sort of like pairs in, in, in opposition, not in opposition, but complementary. And so we have the very beginning is actually heaven and the earth. And so we have this gap between the two. And I just want to pause that. So I just have that image in your head of the heavens and the earth but there's a gap between them. And this is where hope comes in. If you think about what hope is, hope is an emotional state that comes upon us when we realize that 
what we're experiencing and that what we feel is unformed or we're dissatisfied with it. And then we understand there's an ideal state that we would like to be in. Hope is the emotional experience that we, that we experience when we know that the gap's going to be closed. Last Monday, busy day, had some busy meetings, got to 3.30, and there was this sense where sometimes with your afternoon tea, I knew afternoon tea was coming, you just need something as a bit of a pick-me-up. Now, I'd already done a reconnaissance, been into the kitchen earlier, there were no snacks here at the Red Church offices. So I had despair, which is the opposite of hope. But the unsatisfactory state I was in and where I wanted to be, which was having a snack with my cup of tea at afternoon tea, all of a sudden my emotional state profoundly changed when I walked out of the meeting room I was in, looked down the opposite end of the office, and I could see that Lydia was holding a bag of violet crumble chocolates. And my emotional state in a second changed. I could see that there was the potential for the gap to be traversed between what I was experiencing, a sort of you know post-lunch malaise, and where I wanted to be which was some chocolate pick-me-up to get me to dinner, that gap was going to be closed. And so we see that, almost that imagery of a gap here at the beginning of the Scriptures. There is the heavens which represents God's will and where His will happens in fullness and His reign. And then you've got this unformed like, like mass, this sea of the world, this chaos. And so one way to understand then heaven, which so many people miss, is that actually heaven is a blueprint for earth. This week, my neighbors came over and they showed us plans. They're planning to renovate their house. And so they came over, put the plans on the table. We had a look at them and we could see that, that how the house was going to be done. It looks fantastic what they're going to do. On there was all kinds of details. On there was a blueprint of what was going to happen. Now, if I walk out of my house now and look where they're going to build, there is, it's not being done yet. It does not exist. But hovering in a sense above what is now, which is what, not what they want, and where they want to go, you have this blueprint which hovers above, in a sense, symbolically. And that's what's happening in, with heaven. Heaven has in it a pattern of what the world will be. And so in many ways, we see this in Scripture, in Hebrews 8.5, when it's talking about how Moses then builds a tabernacle in the wilderness. He, in a sense, gets the plans for this when he goes up this mountain, is enclosed in this cloud. God's Spirit, God's presence in, in, uh, uh, encases him. And then it says this, They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. A copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So heaven, and you have this imagery there of Moses going up to a mountain, being encased in this like glory cloud. It's like heaven manifesting itself on earth. And there he meets with God and God shows him the plans of what God wants to do with the tabernacle. But that's not just true of the tabernacle. Heaven is a blueprint for the entire world. James B. Jordan says it this way, Heaven forms the model for the earth, socially, morally, spiritually, and in every other way. So therefore, as we are wrestling with and and, and chewing over what hope is, 
What we can say is that heaven contains what we hope for. Now, one of the great verses around hope, we also find in Hebrews. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And what I love about this understanding of heaven is often with Christians, hope can be sort of this weird esoteric thing. It's sort of a feeling which just remains a feeling. But what we're doing here is we're tying hope to the biblical truth that God in heaven has given us a blueprint for how the world should be. Heaven, therefore, is the origin of our hope. The longings that humans feel are our longings for heaven. And what this means is, therefore, whatever problem you face, whatever seemingly hopeless situation you find yourself in, hovering above it, there is a heavenly solution. That's why we feel that state in between the gap of what we're living in and what we hope for. Now, the other imagery that we see at the beginning of Genesis, as it sets out the map for what the world will be, what humans will be, we find then in the second verse of the Bible. It says this. So just imagine we've got heaven's unformed world. It says this. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. This is the dirt. This is the building site. This is just the mud. This is the place without foundations, but it also contains potential. I'll start again. Now the earth was formless and empty. The darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering above the waters. So imagine just this empty nothingness. Near me, there's a house which has been knocked down. I walk past it every morning and it's gone from a house. Now it's just nothing. It's just this dirt. There's nothing there. You can see where they put a fence around it. But what's going to happen soon is someone's going to turn up. The builder will turn up. The architect will turn up and they will have the blueprints. They will have... The, the, the map of what is going to be built in that place. And so the spirit then coming from heaven is hovering over this moment. And the spirit is manifesting in our creation that model, that pattern of heaven. And this is something we don't just see at the beginning of Genesis. The spirit hovers at key moments in the form of God's glory. Here it's called the spirit. Other times it appears in, a, in this sort of glory cloud like what we spoke about with Moses. Sometimes it's a heavenly fire. What it is though, it's a manifestation of the pattern of heaven that is breaking out into our world. And what's going on is the spirit of God is mediating the heavenly pattern between heaven and earth. It's mediating it for us so we can see it and grasp it. And we see this in we see in this story of creation. We see it in Sinai when Moses goes up and gets the tablets and sees the plans for the tabernacle. We see the Spirit of God hovering over and leading the people in Exodus. We see when Solomon builds the temple and the cloud of glory comes in at this new moment as the temple is inaugurated. We see as Ezekiel, as, as Jerusalem is, is destroyed and, and the people of God go out and they find themselves seemingly far away in Babylon. And Ezekiel has this image of God's temple, his holy, 
holy host, his holy court breaking out in this vision he sees in Babylon. We see it in the incarnation when the shepherds are actually in a field and Jesus is about to be born. There's this new thing that's going to happen. And just over these fields, these ordinary people out in a field, these shepherds, we see the heavenly host. And there's this manifestation of what heaven is on earth. We see this at the baptism of Jesus as he comes out of the water and there is this dove and there's a voice and heaven breaks into the world. We see this in the transfiguration as Jesus goes to the top of the mountains with three of disciples and his face glows and heaven comes close. We see this in Pentecost, which we're going to celebrate in a few weeks when a group of disciples find hovering above them tongues of fire. And we see this in the book of Revelation when John on Patmos has this vision of the pattern of what will be. Meredith G. Klein says this, We behold in the spirit presence hovering over the world at its beginning, the shape of the world to come. And so heaven offers us this pattern of the shape of the world to come and the spirit mediates that for us. So this means when it comes to hope, we must remember that heaven hovers over the earth, reminding us of the constant potential and renewal and transformation that God always has for us. Now, often people think about this and we try and get our heads around it and we see this, there's this heaven there and then here's the earth. And because we're sort of Western people and we're on this side of the enlightenment, we think of this as this sort of spatial thing. Like, does that mean God's just you know above the sort of atmosphere? But we've got to see this. This is a potential thing, not just a spatial thing. And the potential of renewal hovers above every person, every place, and every problem. For all those things, there is a pattern, a pattern of heaven. And so what this, 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 this imagery helps us understand the language we see in the gospel when it talks about the kingdom of God, or in some gospels, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the heaven pattern then breaking into our world and shaping our world. The kingdom breaks out in our world when the heavenly pattern is initiated on earth. And that imagery, the beginning of scripture, where we have the unformed world, where we have heaven coming down and breaking out, that shows us what the story ends, how the story ends. Because earth will become like heaven at the end of the age. And so for believers... Our hope is then not found in the world. There are people who can continually form themselves and find themselves in despair. Even believers, when we don't remember that God has a pattern, that heaven is there, the spirit is breaking out in the world. When we just look at the world, inevitably we struggle to find hope or we find hope in the wrong things. But for the believer, it's our orientation to heaven that sets us apart from the world. This also helps us understand Jesus. Jesus is also heaven manifested in the world, incarnated into a human body. N.T. Wright says this in his book, Surprised by Hope. Talk about Easter. Easter was when hope in person surprised the whole world by coming forward from the future into the present. Heaven will descend and envelop the earth. And what Jesus was is, in a sense, that future coming now. 
And so what this means is we find in heaven our hope, also our purpose as humans. What is our purpose? Our purpose is to heavenize. There's a new word for you. To heavenize the earth. This means that every moment, every action, every thought, every problem, every piece of work you come before, every relationship contains the renewal potential of remaking it according to the pattern of heaven. This is what hope is. This is Christian hope. And so the Spirit manifests the pattern of heaven in the world. And we as humans mediate. If you can imagine there's heaven, then there's the Spirit manifesting the pattern of heaven. And when we make ourselves a channel of the Holy Spirit, then we act as God created us to be, as His stewards in the world. James B. Jordan says this, Man and woman is to labor to take the raw materials of the earth and remodel it according to the heavenly blueprint. This explains to us why God would initially create two environments, heaven and earth, rather than just one. Man and woman was created to act as God's agent, his son, his daughter in the world. Man was going to be given the delightful task of transfiguring the world from glory to glory according to the heavenly model. One of the biblical words is we constantly see that God appears. He manifests the cloud of glory. And we are also called to do that, that whenever we take a situation, we pray about it, we allow ourselves to be a channel of the Holy Spirit, we actually bring creation to glory as we bring it to the pattern of heaven that is continually there for us to refer to, to to learn from, to enact in the world. In the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 10, it says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught his disciples to pray that the gap between heaven and earth would be traversed as heaven invaded earth, as the pattern of heaven broke out in this world. That is a hope. Hope is always there. God created an environment above us, which is the embodiment of hope, everything that we hope for. And it's a hope because that is where the world is going. So wherever you find yourself, however you see yourself, whatever you're encountering at this moment, we have faith, but we can also have hope that God has set up the entirety of creation as a giant kind of almost renewal machine or organism, which can actually, will actually move things towards his purposes at the end of time. If you think you're far from hope, you're not. Heaven is there breaking out into the world. God has called you to be an agent of hope and heaven in the world. Let me pray. God, we thank you that you created earth and you created the heaven. You gave us a pattern which is breaking out in the world as we speak now. We confess to the times when we look to the world for patterns and we find ourselves disordered and chaotic. 
There are so many people watching this with different things before themselves at this moment in time, things which often feel hopeless. But I just want to pray that your spirit at this moment hovers again over the unformed chaos. And so we just bring that before you now. We bring you whatever unformed chaos may be. It may be a a worry about a job. It may be a financial situation, a relationship. Maybe just a sense of listlessness and lostness in the world. Maybe it's a physical illness. Maybe it's something we've hoped for that has just been too long in the waiting. And Father, at this time, we recognize that your spirit is breaking out into the world hovering and it brings the light in that cloud into the darkness so we pray again that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that that incredible moment of potential comes upon those listening and praying right now and then you create no new worlds you bring about new possibilities that you spark new potentials we pray Help us to be defined by hope, to be people who hold together faith and hope, your agents in the world, taking the pattern and making it so here in the reality of our lives and world. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.